0: How are doing, everybody? This is, guys, Gavin Gridiron. I am A.J. Torres, joined by my favorite Texan, Josh McSwain. So I got a hot topic for you here, Tex. And this is what is going on with the Washington football team. Call them Redskins. Call them Washington football team. Now the Commanders or the pain. But there's something going on where, as you put it, this breaks the straw on the camel's back. Listen. We know that Dan Snyder is a controversial man. He's done a lot of bad. He's thrown a lot of people on the bus. He has done more harm than good in the DMV area. It sucks that he's a major fan, turn owner, torn one of the most biggest pieces of garbage outside of politicians. But this is the one where I think the NFL needs to put us put aside and just say, you know what? Enough's enough. You're done. What happens is, via the Washington Post, Congress came out. Okay, so this isn't allegations from an ex-employee. This isn't from, you know, somebody else. This isn't the rumor mill. Congress straight up came out and said, there is, I guess you can call it creative bookkeeping. So there's millions of dollars on the table unaccounted for. The last couple years, the NFL has not been treated as a quote-unquote nonprofit business so they do have to pay taxes xyz and all the money that is made and shared is to be reported and shared throughout the nfl and the other owners so with that being said if congress steps outside and steps to the media and says washington has been unaccountable for x amount of millions of dollars there is no figure thrown out but they said millions of dollars is on the table. What's your take on this?
1: Well, like you said earlier, if this would not force Snyder to sell the team, like I don't know what ever would. I mean, all of the allegations with the cheerleaders and abuse was one, one thing, and a very significant one at that. I mean, I feel like that on its own might have been worthy but now you're Agreed. basically committing fraud i i think legally this would be fraud i'm just like uh, yes what's going on yes this is fraud
0: <laughs> and and uh, insult to injury the carolina panthers owner because of uh controversial stuff uh very similar to uh, the stuff with the cheerleaders that guy was forced to sell the team and David Teppa is now the owner of the Carolina Panthers, and there's fans that hate him. There's fans that hate Teppa because uh, they feel like they're just having their players and coaches treated like hedge funds where you could throw them out anytime. any
1: time. That's true. Of course, I've always gotten the feeling with NFL owners that there are various tiers of guys. Like, Robert Kraft and probably John Mara, maybe even Jerry Jones, like, they're not touchable. Like, they do something wrong, it will get buried, will get minimized, whatever it is. But then you get the owner of the Panthers, the Saints, the Jaguars, any other small market team. Like, the hammer will come down on them. It's just kind of like the NCAA who catches violations at blue blood schools and they get slapped on the wrist while you know a middling program does the same thing and they're put on postseason ban and stuff like that i'm just like it reminds me of animal farm it's like everyone's equal but some are more equal than others
0: agreed and the ncaa it's like hey you're not in the you're not in the playoffs for the next five years so it's like Okay, so for the next five years, our is gonna suck because we can't go in the bowl games, and their, you know, their scouting report if they got NFL potential will drop. So the program will lose money, but outside of that, there's no. It's it's always been a fugazi system. Whereas like some people, it's like you seem to slip somebody some cash, or you do them a favor, and it's going. That's it's fine, it's whatever it is, rinse and repeat. Terrible in every single way, mind you.
1: Right. So if Snyder is not forced to sell the team after this, I think more questions are going to be asked about double standards, like you mentioned with him against Jerry Richardson for you know, inappropriate sexual misconduct. And now we have this coming in. Of course, we know that Snyder has enough money to buy his way out of any jail time. But at least you should get the team out of his hands. Yes.
0: That And that's what it comes down to. And again, there's a lot of people in Washington that hate, if not despise the man. true true that's just the bottom line so we will see what happens from here we could hope the best for owners players and everybody involved and on to our next topic uh I'm excited for the next step of the USFL
1: are you Yeah, it's going to start this weekend. It'll be really interesting to see how this league develops. It's a very unique strategy they're adopting, going with the bubble cities most of the time. City, I should say. You're going to have two different venues in Birmingham. You're going to have all the regular season played there and then a few playoff games played in Canton, Ohio. So, I mean, this is good because it'll keep travel costs down which was a major problem for the aaf the alliance of america of american football from Correct. 2019 Correct. and then the xfl in 2020 obviously it got hit with COVID, and it just sort of went away and i just thought so much for vince mcmahon putting in you know so much of his own money trying to make this work he just Chucked it away like it was nothing, and now we'll see what Dwayne Johnson can do with it next year. But for now, we got USFL. They're bringing back some of the teams from the 80s, like the New Jersey Generals, the Philadelphia Stars, the New Orleans Breakers. Actually, come to think of it, I think the most of the teams are reincarnations of their previous 80s counterparts they've probably updated the looks just a little bit but they've probably tried tried to stay true to the original aesthetic
0: i would imagine from so what
1: i've seen i mean like the houston gamblers i mean that looks exactly like it did
0: yes also did you hear about who is a relatively new employee to the usfl
1: no i did not
0: jason garrett
1: Oh, really? And he's going to be an analyst. Hmm, how about that? It's
0: going to be very interesting, (laughs) to say the least. Although, with everything going on, do I think that he's smart? Yes. Do I think he's just behind on the times with the game? That's what I'm thinking of. But still, I'm going to just love to hear his thoughts, and people just get to pick his brain to talk to him about the sport. Not sure about you and everyone else, but that's what I'm looking forward to.
1: Yeah, quarterbacks have to have a keen understanding of the game. And since he was an NFL quarterback, kind of like Tony Romo, he's going to have a lot to say. I just hope he doesn't spend the whole game clapping like he did on the sidelines when he was a coach the Cowboys.
0: Now, if he wants to be sarcastic after someone misses a kick and claps, that'd be something else. But... Hand-clapping over the mic it uh, does need to be put to a minimum.
1: Oh, you know about that. Oh, yes. I also and found it interesting. There were a them. lot of former NFL head coaches that were now USFL coaches, like Jeff Fisher is going to be coaching the Michigan Panthers. Todd Haley is coaching the Tampa Bay Bandits, I think. You got some other guys that you've probably heard of, like Kevin Sumlin is coaching, I think, the Gamblers. He, of course, was the head coach at A&M during the Johnny football years, and he was then the head coach at the University of Arizona, and now he's ended up here. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of relationship develops between the NFL and the USFL. I know that the XFL is kind of gunning to be like, the NFL's lab rat sort of thing where, you know, they might try different penalties or different technology on the field. Like the sky judge, of course, the AAF already tried that. And I was thinking, why hasn't the NFL done this already? Uh, I think but I digress exact- on that point. I think point. I
0: know exactly why. And we've talked into this controversy many times. And we think it's because if there's bad calls like this, particularly the lava on the Sunday night game, why? Because it's something for them to cover for the next two, three days.
1: Well, that's certainly one theory. But, yeah, the first games for the USFL are this weekend. Interesting prospect. We'll see what happens think we'll certainly be giving it a little bit of time next week's show. So stay tuned for that.
0: Agreed. So now, the moment we've been waiting for, I want to say two weeks?
1: Eh, not quite two weeks.
0: Almost, okay. A little bit a little over, over one a week.
1: week. Yeah. A little over a week.
0: Okay. Quarterback by division. And this will bring up, I guess we'll just uh, go around the horn. You want to just start with the AFC West first?
1: All right, let's get into it.
0: So, who do you think is the best quarterback in that division?
1: Oh boy, this is a hard one. No, it isn't. Patrick Mahomes, easily. Okay. Half-billion-dollar man. Threw 50 touchdowns, was league MVP. I mean, does anybody else really come close? Well, but you again, might be able to argue Russ Russell Wilson now. Obviously, Russell Wilson, Super Bowl champion, had an injury-filled 2021. Obviously, he's past 30. We got to see what he is. But to me, it's like there's no doubt about it. Mahomes has to be in the top spot.
0: Can't wait. All right, so do you think the next spot is close? I mean, what do we do about the second spot behind Mahomes in that division?
1: Oh, it gets juicy, doesn't it? But
0: Well, that's what I'm saying is, like, I mean, Russell had a bad year last year, but if we were to go with this list a year or two ago, we'd be like, hey, Russell I think is definitely two or three, top five on, on at the very – you know bad a part of it and everybody else just hasn't made that list
1: true but if you're looking just at right now and you have to say going into 2022 who's the second best quarterback in this division i got to go wilson i really do i mean people are really hyping up justin herbert i mean for good reason too because he's obviously he was, I think he was second in the league in passing yards this past year. He has really electrified that offense. He's got an arm to make all the throws. He can make plays out of the pocket. It's just really good. It's kind of bad that the only in-person evaluation I had of him when was the day after Christmas in Houston this past season when he threw two really bad interceptions that probably cost the Chargers a playoff spot. But you have to remember, it's just one game. So that's why I don't have him as high in my overall ranking as many other people do. I'm like, let's have the dude just get to the playoffs first. I get that he threw for a bunch of yards, but the Chargers really didn't have a great running game. I mean, yeah, Austin Eckler's there, but he is... Does a lot of his damage catching balls out of the backfield. So, Herbert's getting a lot of passing yards on fairly easy throws that, you know, 10-15 years ago would be running plays. I mean, the dude's still talented, and I still like him, but, you know, for the moment, I gotta put Russ 2 and then Herbert 3. This time next year, it could be different.
0: So, which goes into the next part of this debacle we have here. This big extension for Derek Carr, and he's right now, in our opinion, the fourth, essentially the worst quarterback in this division. Now, it's a hard decision. Mahomes, I think, could get dethroned because Tyreek Hill leaving. And no matter how you put it, He was a top-wide receiver in the league for a few years. But we didn't say, hey, Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams is nothing. We didn't say that. We just said we know how good Rodgers is, and he's an MVP. Mm -hmm. So what will Mahomes do with Kelsey potentially being double-covered because he's been the most – He's got the most yards for any target since, I think, like 2016 or 17. I mean, he's crazy. Right. I mean, we're talking projectories similar to Tony Gonzalez and Rob Gronkowski here as far as numbers, Mm-hmm. and for good reason. But then, I mean, right now it's his crown to lose, and Russell mm-hmm. has the tools to do it. Herbert is still young and developing, and I think he can do it. But then I just see Derek Carr, and I'm like, listen, do I think that he gets help? No. Do I think he's had his back against the wall a few times? Yes. But I just don't see the brilliance in comparison to the other three. Sad for me to say.
1: Right, I'd have to agree with that. The ceiling of Carr is definitely not the same as the other guys.
0: Correct. So, I guess moving on, I guess I'm just going to go uh, clockwise. I'll go north. So okay. So, we go to the AFC North. Bengals, Steelers, Browns, Ravens. Now, let, let's. this is going to be easier to do bottom up. Right. So, currently, I'm assuming the QB1 for the Steelers is Mitch Trubisky. Yes. And even if it's Mason Rudolph, I do think they're at the bottom of this division at number four.
1: No, there's no doubt about it. There,
0: there's no doubt about it. So now here's the, this is the, this is the toughest one. This is why I wanted to get out of the way early. So Baker Mayfield is not the starting quarterback at the moment.
1: Nope. is not
0: Sean Watson. And if the Sean Watson gets away, scot free. We will not talk about the incident, but if he does not get suspended, he is QB1 in Baker Mayfield, who I feel bad for because he's not going to be able to adjust to a training camp or a system within our team because I think this is going to fold out to basically a month before the season starts is the way that I kind of have this projected. As in the NFL goes, hey, uh, we're going to do this or we're not going to do this. And then Baker will go somewhere. But we have right. Sean Watson, who hasn't played in over a year, but he was a top five when he last stepped on the field. Right, Joe Burrow, who's only had one season healthy. This right. There was a sophomore campaign. And Lamar Jackson just hasn't seemed to keep healthy. So we got a down year, a guy who only had one year, and a guy who hasn't played in a year. So, how do we rank these three? <laughs> oh, is, boy, it's a great so,
1: question. This
0: is loaded like a plate on Thanksgiving.
1: Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm just going to say the guy I have at number one is Burrow right now. Oh. I mean, nearly won a Super Bowl this past season with no offensive line in front of him. Yeah, Jamar Chase made a huge difference. I'll acknowledge that, but, I mean, every quarterback seems like has a great receiver out there, so I don't think it's a demerit to him that Chase came in and had a huge season. I mean, would you agree with that? I mean, Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. Lamar has not been to a Super Bowl. Sean Watson's not been to a Super Bowl. I get there's more factors out there than, than that, but are you feeling me on this? Like...
0: So, essentially, what we're going to do is, with Lamar having his down year and such and not being able to stay healthy, are we going to put him at number three?
1: You know, that's really tough for me. I mean, only this past year was he really injury-prone. But also, you look at, like, 16 touchdown passes to 13 interceptions this past year. I mean, that's just... It's not good. Granted, the and dude has one league MVP that is worth something. He's yes. also the fastest quarterback in the league, and you know, obviously, has a great arm. But just well, you well, know, has been inconsistent. That's the problem. Do I trust her, that he'll be her. get it done in the playoff games? Quite honestly, no. I've just not seen him be great in playoffs, and you know, for. Watson, I get that he has one playoff win, which is the same Jackson has. But we saw in 2019 when Watson led a really good comeback in the second half against the Bills to get that win. But then obviously the next week in Kansas City couldn't keep it going and well, despite the 24 nothing lead, like it wasn't all the Texans offense doing it out there like it they that got was a whole on, the on
0: both sides. That that was a whole team meltdown, and everybody had to be accountable for that. Players, coaches, everybody.
1: Well, that's not the point I'm trying to make. What I'm trying to say here is that Watson was not just marching the offense up and down the field for that 24 point lead either. So that I is mean, correct. So who do I trust more in a playoff game at this point? I'd probably go Watson, but I could definitely see the argument both directions. I mean, this one is... It's so difficult. Obviously, Watson's had the time off. We don't really know what he's going to be. I mean, I keep flip-flopping in my head. I feel like... Based on the eye test, I would pick Watson, but I feel like Jackson has a better resume, so to speak.
0: It's I just, just a think
1: tough
0: one. I'm. I understand. I, I guess I'm just going to say is that Watson, right now, I think we've seen the ceiling for Lamar. With Deshaun Watson, we've had two prime years one with a uh, team in shambles, and one where he just completely sat out. Mm-hmm. But I still think there's more to cover. Because if you just go by the, you know, what he has produced. So I guess the way that my list would go is top to bottom. I guess we could agree with Burrow because of the hype of what he did last year. We're going to go Watson. We're gonna go Lamar and then uh, Mitch. That's fair.
1: I'm gonna go ahead and tentatively put Lamar at two and then Watson at three. Although, I'm, oh, no. to contradict myself here, if I had to build a team around one of them, I'd probably pick Watson, but it's just like, at the present time, the uncertainty with what he is going to be, and just with Lamar's resume being better, it's like, you could flip a coin, but I'm just like, Lamar is tentatively my number two.
0: Okay. So now to the east, and this is where things are going to start getting easier. We could take a breath. Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. So in that order I just said it, I think that says their quarterbacks. Uh, Josh Allen at one, Mac Jones at two, Tua at three, and Zach Wilson at four. Is that a fair list?
1: Yeah, no real disagreements here. Although, I have to bring up this anecdote because the other day was Keyshawn Johnson on ESPN who said that Josh Allen was outside of the top five. He had him at six while he had Justin Herbert at number five as best quarterback in the league. I'm like, why on earth you got Herbert over Allen?
0: You know, I've heard not just him say that, and you want to know what's really funny? You want to know what this is kind of reminded me of? This is what? like how basketball players online treat uh, Luka Doncic. It's like, oh, well, look at this guy's resume so far. Okay, and it's like, come on, man. Like you even say like, hey, who's, uh, do you think will be the best player of all time? Oh, I think it's definitely Luka Doncic. Give it in our decade, will you? Right now, Josh Allen, as far as the playoff wins, as far as the productivity, as far as the arm, is just better than Justin Herbert. Do I think no Justin Herbert, because of the Derek Carr money, is going to enslay him for potentially $50 million for a year? Per year, that is. Yes, I do. But do I think that justin herbert's better than josh allen right now i don't nope. which is actually funny because i'm lost in this quarterback market because i remember when kelsey and mahomes had it for their positions but you know what i mean it's like kelsey got paid x and mahomes got paid x but then she's mm-hmm. like okay right now you can't make more than patrick mahomes because he's the best you can't top that dollar oh well uh i think i could get close uh stop it I'm seeing all of these tight ends that have been inconsistent at best getting the franchise tag and simply instead of the franchise tag it would just been like hey two or three years here's the, here's the dollar amount shut it right because you can't just overvalue and overpay players quarterback is different but I think right. it's just a
1: So for the record, I'm just going to say that I had Allen as the fifth best quarterback in the league, while I tentatively have Herbie at number nine.
0: Okay, okay, that's fair. I think Herbie's a top ten. I think Burrow's a top ten. Last year we didn't have him in there because of the rookie year rule, but uh, that's very fair. So moving on to the last division of the AFC, we got the South. We have the Colts with Matty Ice. We got the Titans with uh, Ryan Tannehill. Mm -hmm. We got Davis Mills with the Texans. And we got Trevor Lawrence with the Jags. So this is where it gets very tough. Yes. Now, I guess let's start with the bottom. Okay. So me personally... I'm going to go with Davis Mills at the bottom.
1: It's kind of funny. I'm putting Trevor Lawrence at the bottom. What? I mean, just last year, he was not very good. Granted, I know his situation was absolutely horrendous. But if you actually look, Davis Mills, I think, had three 100-plus quarterback rating games on a team with little offense other than Brandon Cooks. So, I think that is enough to put him ahead of Lawrence right now. Could Lawrence pass him this season? Very easily. But just what we've seen on the field, I'd have to say Mills was more productive than Lawrence.
0: You know, I'm just going to put it this way because we both kind of covered it. There were so many games where Davis Mills seemed to barely get over the hard yard mark and i think there is just a lot with that monstrosity of a team last year whereas trevor lawrence i think if you go by talent and if you go by everything else i'm going to just i'm going to just edge trevor lawrence a little bit i really am do i think that that team was better than the texans absolutely but on a talent basis and with 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 the future I'm going Trevor Lawrence, but as far as one and two, which I think is the meaty part, I'm going to go with Matty Ice over Tannehill. I would agree. I wasn't sure what what part you were going to take. I wasn't sure if you were going to say Tannehill because he's younger, but the problem that I have with Tannehill is the offensive line with uh, Lewin being there, being the cornerstone of that offensive line, And that offensive line, even though it's not a lot of big-name guys and you all know who they are, they still have carried Derrick Henry for some time now. Yes. So the offensive line isn't horrible. The receivers are good when they're healthy, but everyone will say this. Ryan Tannehill, if you have to heavily depend on him, history says experience and all that he just does not have the clutch gene.
1: I would agree with that. I don't think he's a guy that's going to win you a championship. I mean, there's no doubt Matt Ryan's getting old, but I still think he's got another couple of productive years in him.
0: I mean, especially with the offensive line keep, you know, kept crumbling. The wide receivers, I mean, they've all been hurt over the last couple of years. You can't specify that. Julio, he's always going to be hurt for eight games. So it seems mm-hmm. you got a tight end, but, you know, not, not only that, but I can't – here. here's the number one thing that needs to be addressed. I can't fully account for Matt Ryan having – Poor performance in the red zone just by himself. Because it seems like once the Falcons, for the last couple of years, get into the red zone, a little switch in their head switches off to, I forget how to play football. And that goes by everybody. But Ryan Tannehill, when he him most to get to the red zone, doesn't matter if it's a tie game or if you're up by one. I don't like him tra- having you get there. Might as well run the Wildcat almost. Brian Tannehill in those kind of moments, and you saw it the last playoff game. Choking hazard.
1: So it seems like we're in agreement on those two at least.
0: Yes. The other one, it just goes into potential. The rookies, it's so hard. Right. It's so so hard.
1: I mean, it's so, potential versus what they've shown on – the field so far, and I mean, Mills did better on the field, though. If I had to pick one of them to build my team around, of course I would go Lawrence, but he's got to show me first. (laughs) That's all I'm saying.
0: Absolutely, you're you're spot on the money. So I guess now that turns us to the NFC. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the least. Ooh,
1: juicy. So, So number one. I think we can agree. No matter what Colin Cowherd says, top in this division is Dak. Dak Case Dak, closed.
0: Dak. Case closed. Uh, right. number two, I'm gonna go Jalen Hurts.
1: Hmm.
0: Again, you know, I remember a I remember a key night game. Carson Wentz, the guy who supposedly helped this team to the you know almost go to the playoffs. Keyword almost. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, your running back was good enough to be MVP. You have the arguably the best offensive line in the league. So best running back in the league, best offensive line in the league, and some games, again, just like Davis Mills, struggle to throw over 100, 150 yards a game. And you go, oh, well, his touchdown-interception ratio but if you've watched the film, there's one game where there was four dropped interceptions. Right, so even but, if you add that, the 27-7, and seven, that automatically goes to, what, 27-11? Now you're thinking, okay, still good, but not overly amazing.
1: Right, if but you could do dropped interceptions been, for every quarterback, though. Well, we could absolutely. be playing one until the cows come home but
0: oh oh if you remember uh the second uh super bowl uh, Mahomes was and everyone was telling you he has the most dropped interceptions in the NFL I just do not trust Carson Wentz Jalen Hurts well right now I just like his ceiling because right now I think there's more room to grow in his ceiling I don't think we've seen it yet versus Carson Wentz where we know what we're getting with Carson Wentz And there's a reason why he's on his third team in, what,
1: three years? Correct. It's
0: because he doesn't want him, and I think Washington's going to kick themselves.
1: Right. I think you have a more favorable view of Jalen Hurts than I do. I mean, I seem to remember there being chatter of him being benched for Gardner Minshew in the middle of the year last year. How legitimate all that really was. Who knows, but now that I think about it, I'd probably put him at number two as well. He does seem to be a little bit more steady and a little bit more of a threat to run than Wentz is. And
0: Oh, yes, you know, yes, indeed.
1: I wouldn't put him higher than middle of the pack in terms of overall starters, but I'll agree with you that he's the second best quarterback in this division, followed by Wentz, and then Danny Wheels.
0: Danny Wheels was at the bottom. No doubt about it. Yep. Absolutely just garbage. So I guess we're going to turn our attention now to, uh, well, I think this is probably the easiest one, the North. The NFC North. I think this is going to be an Aaron Rodgers at first. And right now, I think you're going to say Kirk Cousins at number two? Yep. So I guess the magic question is, do you prefer Justin Fields right now and what he can do?
1: Well, this is another great question of resume versus potential. I mean, Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl, though I don't think many people would contend that they were there because of him. He was probably there because Maybe. of McVeigh, because of Aaron Donald, and because of the referee quote-unquote missing the most blatant pass interference anybody's ever seen in their life. Correct. But I digress on that point. I think Goff is better than people make him out to be. Yes. But he's still not anything special. I mean, Justin Fields, I mean... Shame the guy had to go to the Bears, whom, like I've said before, haven't had a good quarterback since Sid Luckman. Yeah, Maybe he breaks the streak, but until he does, I'm going to have Goff at three and Fields at four. Now,
0: I'm just going to take Fields only because I'm just going to go by Fields with the higher ceiling. It is the Bears, and the Bears are the Bears. And we know they haven't had a... Good, great quarterback since World War II. But something's got to give, and I just see a higher, higher ceiling with Fields. They got to, they're gonna have a good general manager. They got a head coach that's gonna help him, and it's gonna be nice because three years from now we're not gonna say always oh, had two different or two or three different head coaches and three different coordinators and all his rookie contract. Basically, Mitch Trubisky, rinse and repeat. Not going to happen this time around.
1: The thing is, Matt Eberflus is a defensive coach. I don't think he's going to be directly responsible for fields all that much. It's got to be he's got to put a good offensive staff in place.
0: Correct. And his hires is what's going to affect it. Now, how much input is he going to have directly on it? Even if you're a defensive guy, you still got to have your input and you still got to see some things. And you also have to have the quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator, and everybody else in line for this to go along. For instance, if everybody remembers, Allen Robinson quit on the Chicago Bears last year. Yes. That's huge. And Darnell Mooney, if you had him in fantasy football and he was a sleeper like me, that was one of my last – My last couple of picks, actually, I picked them up. So this was a steal. So that was the duo that we're... That's the duo we're going to see for some time. But Allen Robinson basically quit on this team. Offensive line could use some work. They need to cut down some of their tight ends, for crying out loud. And then the running back duo, I can't really complain about. But I just think the new scheme from this new era of Bears football needs to change, but I think it will. In the meantime, Jared Goff, we know where he's been, what he is, and there's been many times where he's been put in the light, and it's like, hey, what can you do? And outside that choke job versus the Vikings where they lost, and they're like, oh, my God, we won a game this year. Yes. There hasn't been much for Goff to really prove what he's worth not too many are challenging moments of saying, hey, put some respect on
1: the name. Right. I mean, I would consider Goff below average, but I still have the below average starters as better than unknown potential, which involves a lot of guys like Fields, Lawrence, Zach Wilson, etc., etc. That's just how I see it.
0: Okay. So, if we're going... If we're going by the uh, NFC North, who you got? We got Brady at the top, right? You You mean the South? The the NFC South, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, unequivocally, Brady's at the top.
0: Yes. Then you
1: got to go Jameis 2.
0: Jameis 2, yes. So then we got Mariota and the Donut.
1: Somehow, Mariota and Darnold Donut are both number four.
0: Fair enough. Moving on. NFC West. I All think right. it's I think it's easy to have Stafford at one,
1: no doubt about it,
0: so even though this might change and he's still got a lot to prove, I think, I think Kyler is going to be at two.
1: no question about it,
0: okay, so Jimmy G or Trey Lance depending, versus drew Locke, or I mean, i I actually had got a theory and we'll talk about this later, but I think the Seahawks, no doubt about it, are going to use their first round pick on a quarterback, but that's me. Really? Yes. Yes. If well, you want we'll if you want it, if you want my input, and listen, there's gonna be bets on the draft, everything else. My thought is simply this. Kenny Pickett is going to be a Panther, and Malik Willis is going to be a Seahawk.
1: I suppose so. We'll have to see.
0: And to insult to injury, there's a lot of stuff circling around
1: where
0: where Washington's going to take a quarterback sometime.
1: Potentially. Heartburn, pain. Yeah, (laughs) for sure.
0: But even though he's more handsome than talented, I think I got Jimmy G over Locke which Locke is just right now by default the starting quarterback.
1: Correct. I would put Jimmy G or Trey Lance at three and then Locke at four. Yes, I know. Trey Lance was not that great as a rookie in the few starts he did get, but he is unknown potential, ranks higher than replacement level Drew Locke. Yes.
0: I think as far as ranking everybody, I think we kind of nailed it. I think the top five and the top ten. There's so much room for argument where that's got to be broken down in itself. Uh, you got anything else tonight for us, Tex?
1: No, I think that's good for this week.
0: All right. Uh, I just want to thank everybody again for checking out Triple G and uh, Tex. Send us off, buddy.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, thought we were saying that we weren't going to call it Triple G because we didn't want to be confused with the UFC fighter or run into any copyright issues. But thanks for tuning in to us guys, Gabin Gridiron, and on behalf of AJ Torres, I'm Josh McSwain. Thanks once again for listening. We'll see you next time.